Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 66, and the topic for today is five lazy ways to get in shape. And my guest for this segment is Marie-José Char. Welcome, Marie-José. Thanks, Carl. It's a pleasure to be back. And back you are indeed. As many people that listen to this podcast series regularly will know that Marie-José has been a regular guest on the series, and I'm delighted to have her back. But She's also published a book. I think we may have mentioned that that was coming up in previous episodes, but uh, she now has published Smarts and Stamina, The Busy Person's Guide to Optimal Health and Performance. And she's done that with co-author Catherine Britton, who also has been a guest on this podcast series as well. So first of all, congratulations on the publication of the book. Oh, thank you. We're very happy. Well, it's also been doing quite well, I hear. So I think we want to dig in now and maybe you can give the listeners a little summary of the kinds of things we've talked about before in your overall system, really, and give an introduction to today's session as well, because I'm really intrigued about getting five lazy ways to get in shape. And I hope you're not the only one. <laughs> so our, our system is called the SAS Compass. SAS stands for Smarts and Stamina. So it's a smart way to build your stamina. And also it's building your, your positive emotions and therefore your smarts. So if you know me, you know that my whole system is about how our sleep food, mood, and exercise habits are all not only interrelated, but also mutually reinforcing, therefore making each other easier. If you have one of these four groups of habits, that's a real challenge for you. Rather than fuss over it, Catherine and I come from a background in positive psychology, so we like to tap on your strengths. Let's do something else around the sleep, food, mood, and exercise circle. Doing something else on that circle is going to boost your biochemical activity in a positive direction, such that whatever was your first challenge becomes alleviated. So that's how we work. That's what the book is about. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in today's podcast as well. And then today's topic is, in fact, this really exciting one. And I'm intrigued by the title of Lazy Ways. I, mean, I think everybody's real sort of interested in getting into that kind of approach. And I also know that you've put together those five in an easily consumable way, which the listeners of this podcast series really appreciate, and also have incorporated some quotes that also will help understand the topics better. So I wonder if you could just give us an overview of that. Yeah, well, first, you know, you're talking about lazy ways. And the first quote is from Tim Ferriss. And he says that being busy is a form of mental laziness, lazy thinking and indiscriminate action. And I think we can all relate to that quote. We tend to be busy. And sometimes a lot of the stuff that is keeping us busy really isn't all that necessary. And not being necessary, it's keeping us away from other things that could be more important, uh, such as, for example, sleep, which is my first way to get in shape, my first lazy way to get in shape. So sleep so, all you need, you say, okay? Yes, exactly. Sleep all you need. And most people will say, oh, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. Yeah, well, most people think they're good on that. But the thing is, two-thirds of us American adults, and it's not very different elsewhere in the rest of the modern world, we are sleep-deprived. We think that we are okay. We think that we have taught ourselves to do well under limited sleep conditions. But really, if you look at the results of tests, we are doing no better than people who 
are drunk, even though we perceive that our abilities are still fully there and fully engaged. So uh, if you're not feeling like you could drive a car when you have alcohol in your blood, well, you shouldn't feel like you are effective at work if you are sleep deprived, because tests show you are just as effective or, or, or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so here's how sleep is going to help you get in shape. Not only are you going to feel a little bit more better, a little bit better, a little bit more energetic, but sleep rebalances our biochemicals. So let me give you an example, a concrete example of what that means. If we watch a movie, for example, and we look at a scene with no music, it's very tough to predict what's going to happen at, you know, on the next scene. But if you can listen to the music, it's often going to give us cues to what's about to happen. So for example, if you see uh, a woman entering her home late at night, and as she opens the front door, she sees a man standing by the window. Okay, let's just imagine that scene. If you see that unfold to the background of creepy sounding music, like in a horror movie, what are you imagining next, Carl? Oh yeah, something not good. (laughs) Yeah, about to get attacked and chopped off to pieces, right? Right, right. Now you see that exact same scene, but we replace the horror music, uh, the horror movie music with something that sounds warm and friendly, maybe some sexy saxophone. Now what do you imagine is going to happen next? Something very different. Something, another (laughs) kind of attack. (laughs) Much more pleasant type of attack, right? (laughs) Exactly. So biochemicals do the same thing for us. Biochemicals are the background music of our lives. And if we are sleep deprived, we are hearing horror music all day long. We are imagining threats where they don't happen, when they don't exist. We are getting impatient in circumstances where we should not necessarily lose our temper. We are feeling like we are threatened. Our ego is threatened more often, that kind of stuff. Whereas if we are under good sleep conditions, we have we are rested, then our music is much more peaceful, we are more patient, more willing to accept others, more, you know, uh, more relaxed and ready to tackle challenges uh, from from a fresh place. So sleep helps us see food in a different light rather than feel like, oh, I'm starving and I need to stuff my face with whatever Mm -hmm. comes my way. We feel like we can be a little bit more reserved in our response to food. We feel like we can better regulate if we're feeling like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to go to the gym or not. Uh, Our emotions, as I've already described, are also more in line. So sleep is definitely of big help when we're trying to get in shape. An excellent way to explain sort of the the need for sleep in terms of using that example of the music uh, line to your to your life so that you can live a, a fuller, higher density, sort of high quality life. A great way to, to give this some context. Now we've got the biochemicals rebalanced because we're now getting appropriate sleep. And what is next? Uh, next is eat by design. And I'd like to bring in another quote here, this one from Ben Franklin, who says, a house is not a home unless it contains food and fire for the mind as well as the body. One thing that we tend to do a lot nowadays is that we take food that's meant for the body and use it as food for the soul. And so what it means is that our food, meaning what should be nourishment, serves many purposes other than nutrition. We use food as a way to celebrate, as a means of distraction, for consolation, as a way to connect with others. A lot of our celebrations are around food too, so you know all of those come together. And so I suggest that people pay attention to the way that they use food and then replace the purposes that are not nutrition with something else as much as possible. 
you know, somebody who munches at the office all afternoon long just because they're looking for distraction, maybe they need to take a break. And we're going to talk about that in, in our third strategy. It may be someone who uh, is looking for a celebration could replace the idea to celebrate at a bar or a restaurant with the notion of maybe getting a mani or petty, maybe going for a round of golf. And, and that's also a way to connect with others because you might, you might go to that mani and petty or you might go play golf with some peers. So when you are realizing that you are using food and it is not because you are hungry, then replace it with something else. And the reason why this is one of my lazy strategies is that it should become a very clear rule in your mind. If you're not hungry, you don't eat. No place for debate, no, no place for wondering, ah, oh, can I today, blah, blah. Make very clear rules for yourself that will save you mental dilemmas and energy. And I imagine to have those replacement strategies as you suggest as well. So you determine whether you are in fact hungry if you are and you truly need to eat something, you go do that. If not, like you say, if you're in a situation where you're really just wanting comfort food or it's just some association with a friend that you want to get together or whatever, to have the alternatives to think through, as you've suggested as well, that you don't want to default to having food. You want to make sure that when you are, in fact, not hungry to have those alternatives that you just mentioned. And sometimes, you know, there might be a few family traditions in the calendar year that are associated with food that really bring warmth to your heart. I'm not saying, you know, let go of all of those. I'm just saying if food is always the way you celebrate, always the way you console yourself, always the way you connect. I mean, at some point it serves way too many purposes. So let's see if there's other ways to feed your soul now. And we also talked in previous episodes about your overall system where everything is linked and starts to reinforce, you know, one another. So we've touched on sleep and that if you're getting decent sleep, you're also likely going to have more a more healthy attitude toward eating anyway, and you'll actually yes. strive to have more nutritious food and won't necessarily be looking for comfort food because you're just totally wrecked because you didn't get enough sleep and the like. And then those will feed into one another as well. And I think we're probably ready for number three. Number three is do a mini. People say that they can't exercise because they don't have time. Yet the average person here in this country watches between three and four hours of TV per day. I know it's not very different in Canada. I'm sure that uh, many parts of Europe are very similar too. So, but if you ask them, oh no, no, they don't watch TV, right? right They're not right. the ones who do it. We just don't realize how much we watch it. The problem is not that we don't have time. The problem is that we need a break. When we spend the whole day, you know, getting up, getting the kids ready, getting ourselves ready, going to the office, fighting traffic, meeting, 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 report, assignment, email, telephone, and you know, so on all day long, all the way till the point that we run back home, make dinner, run to soccer practice. At some point, we need a break. And so my suggestion is to work in some of those breaks during the workday and at other points of the day too. Here's why. The nervous system is divided in two parts. And I think we might have talked about that on a previous podcast too, but it's something that we don't hear often and so it's worth repeating. The nervous system has, just like your car, something that works like a gas pedal and something that works like a brake pedal. Just like it is the case with your car, if you want to make it to destination safely, you need to use both pedals. <laughs> Not just the accelerator. <laughs> I would hope so. 
Yes. And, uh, but with the lifestyles that I just described, we spend our whole day on the accelerator. And if we don't learn to purposefully press the gas pedal a few times during the day, then we feel irritable. Then we feel uh, like we have been self-regulating all day long because we're trying to do what's the right thing all day long. And as we know, self-regulation is something that gets depleted. So by the time that we get home at night, we just want the TV and the ice cream tub, right? So to press the gas pedal on purpose, all we need is to do a mini, close our eyes, take some deep, full belly breaths and let them out slowly while we are trying to think about just one thing. And that just one thing can be anything of your choosing. You may imagine that you are walking in a beautiful forest. You may decide that you're just focusing on your breathing. You may have a mantra that you like to repeat for yourself. Maybe you have the photo of your grandmother because she was the most peaceful and loving mm -hmm. human being you've ever known. Whatever you want, just focus on that one thing. Try to push everything else out of your mind for 10 minutes as you breathe deep. So then you also take the break from everything else that you're doing. Make sure that you're doing the accelerator and the and the break, as you say. And I, I would think it would be also be the case that when you look at the priority of all of these things that you need to be doing, that's also when you're reflecting. When you, as you say, you close your eyes, you take your deep breath. And while you're doing that, you're not only relaxing yourself, but you're also able to remind yourself of the priorities in life and that if all you're doing is pushing that gas pedal the whole time you're yes. not you know being cognizant of the very fundamental sort of priorities you have in life and so if you slow down and take this kind of perspective that you're describing right now you'll be able to get that level of priority back in your life absolutely what's the point of life if you're going to take out everything that's worth living right? And just be racing all the time. So coming back refreshed so you can tackle your tasks from a point of, okay, how am I going to do this as best as I can? And how am I also going to get up, get done with it so that I can then move on to things that are dear to my heart? How about number four? Number four is don't make it a big production. And that's one of my favorite lazy ways to get in shape. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So we all have like this internal lawyer that's ready to argue whatever case we want him to argue. And I say him because in my head, mine is a, is a man, but you know, <laughs> it could be a woman for somebody else. So for example, if you're in the mood to go for a walk, your internal lawyer is going to say, it's great to go outdoors and the sun is shining and you are going to need to breathe some fresh air and go for it. Whereas if you're not in the mood to go for a walk and you're looking for excuses, then it's going to say, your, your lawyer is going to say, well, it might rain, you're a little bit short on time, uh, it might be slippery because there's wet leaves outside at this time of year or whatever the case may be. So your lawyer is arguing to try to make you feel better with the, the decisions that you make. If you are trying to avoid exercise, then your internal lawyer is going to try to find all kinds of ways to make it difficult for you to get to exercise so that you don't have to deal with the dissonance of, oh, shoot, I missed my exercise mm -hmm. session today. So, for example, I worked with a client in the past. We'll, we'll call her Jane just uh, for the examples, the purposes of, of this example. So when I met Jane, she thought that she needed to have eaten something light, but at least two hours prior to a workout session, she needed her favorite gear, including her most comfortable underwear and socks, otherwise she couldn't work out. She needed her water bottle filled up, a sweat headband, a stopwatch. She needed to have planned at least 75 minutes because she needed 
60 for her workout, but then she also needed to make sure that she had an extra 15 to shower and redo her hair, which means she needed her brush, she needed her hair dryer, she didn't want to go at the time that the gym was crowded, and she could not work out without her iPod filled up with her favorite songs. So, I mean, (laughs) what are the chances that the stars are going to align properly for Jane to work out this week? (laughs) And most women feel exactly this way, you know, well, most, maybe that's an exaggeration, but too many of us feel this way, you know, we want to be perfect everywhere and God forbids we had a, you know, strand of hair that's a little sticky to our forehead when we walk out. (laughs) And probably any number of other things too for men and women with regard to really setting up all the conditions. Now, you know, I, I don't think I should today because of, and all those kinds of reasons. And as you say, a lot of the time you build up this huge case of everything that needs to be satisfied. In this case, this particular person sort of had that whole list, but everybody has their own lists. And yeah. the net result of all of this is, which is what you're really talking about, is that it's an impediment to actually getting it done. And I think your point is, move ahead simplify right exactly to get to simplify it. lawyers are too expensive right <laughs> my apologies if there's anyone listening to us right now <laughs> and good for you for, for making a good living whoever you are <laughs> but yeah make it simple you know and, and whatever requirements that you can't fit today see if there's an opportunity behind the challenge so you forgot your ipod at home well see maybe that the gym has nice music maybe you'll meet someone now that your ears aren't blocked off with your own music that you can buddy up with in the future you know if you don't have your favorite pair of uh, socks for the workout well maybe you you will try yoga today because yoga is done barefoot who knows but just try to see that when a door closes a window opens my experience too has been that when I've been working out, I go, I plan to do it that day, sometime, you know, during the day. And some of the time it ends up being really late by the time I get around to it, because I'm not prioritizing it appropriately or thinking, giving your advice here of really saying, well, you know what, maybe rather than waiting that I've got the full hour to go do that workout. Instead, if I plug it into the middle of the day, in fact, now I do it at five o'clock every day and actually schedule it so that it's booked right into my normal scheduling system. And I do it actually at work, which is really convenient. Now you can actually just fit it in and, and cut through a lot of these exceptions and special conditions, as you say, that you start to build. And you also do it at a time that is more healthy and you're more likely to to do it rather than like in my experience I would be doing it at 11 o'clock at night and I remember your advice from a previous podcast saying that's way too late to actually exercise before you uh, fall asleep as well so my sense was to also basically be aligned with the advice that you're giving here of not making it a big production and really trying to fit it in and inject it in to uh, to also move it earlier in the day. Yeah, just decide you're an active person as opposed to decide you're the person with the perfect hair or whatever is in your way, you know, and and decide that you're going to make it fit no matter what. Number five. Number five is exercise on company time. And I've got a third quote for you here. um, And it is from Marilyn Monroe, who said, a career is wonderful, but you can't curl up with it on a cold night. And how true is that? (laughs) So the reason why I bring it up here is that it's time we stop sacrificing everything for our careers. And many of us do that. You know, I can't go there. I got to work. I can't participate in this activity. I got to work. You're at home. You should have a meal with your family and you're still on your Blackberry or your iPhone trying to get a few work things worked through during dinner time. you know. So let's stop sacrificing everything for our careers 
and spend a little bit of the time we spend at work pay back for our well-being because you know for many years now we've done the opposite so we burn three times more calories if we are standing than sitting and in fact right now i would be standing if it was not for the fact that we are recording this over skype and i need to be sitting at my computer mm -hmm. uh, you can do a lot of the things that you do sitting standing and if you do that well your metabolism is re revving at a higher capacity you're keeping your postural muscles engaged and so you're keeping your body just a tad stronger Examples, you're on a long conference call, well, you can do it standing. And if you're standing, might as well do a few, you know, pace in your office, make a few maybe discreet knee bends or calf raises. Um, if you're meeting with a colleague, you can go for a walk and talk meeting as opposed to go for a coffee drinking session. If you need to use a restroom, maybe you can try to find one on a different floor as opposed to the one that's closest to your office. And if there's nobody in the stall next to you, then you can use the time to do a few push-ups on the countertop. Find any chance you get to be active at unexpected time so that by the end of the day you've had a little bit of a workout you haven't been sweating you haven't disrupted your entire routine or regimen at work but still your body has benefited from little bursts of activity that will help your health your weight and you'll feel more alert throughout your day it will keep you awake and this is consistent with the advice you've given previously to Marie-José on that whole notion of just thinking of yourself as being an active person. Some others might be when you go park your car in the parking lot. I think you've mentioned this one before. Park way out. <laughs> so you actually have a, a longer distance to go, you know, take the stairs rather than taking the elevator and doing that throughout the day and, and not just having your dedicated time that you have to do exercise in the gym and that's the only thing that uh, that you do i also find that i take your advice with regard to meetings i've done personnel one-on-one meetings often with walking around the building and it's actually a really good way not just to be healthier but it's also a way to sort of get out of the building get out of your current mindset the kind of interaction you actually have with your colleagues is improved. So yes. a lot of this having, you know, sort of getting out of your own routines that you are in every day, not only for the sake of your physical health, but also for your mental health in terms of getting a new perspective. The, the mind can be more creative when the body is in motion. I always get my best ideas when I do a cardio session. Mm -hmm. If you've ever seen or participated in any sort of improv, mm -hmm. you do improv sitting. You need to stand to do a right. good improv performance or people who are improving are usually standing, right? Mm -hmm. so there's something to it. And so if you're trying to accomplish something that requires creativity or a potential for innovation, then doing a walk and talk meeting is definitely a great idea because you're going to be already stimulating your brain in the right direction being uh, walking around. Blood flow studies have shown significantly incre increased blood flow if you're you know, being active and the like. And the correlation, as you say, between blood flow and creativity is really high, right? So while you may be thinking that you can sit there at your desk, no matter what kind of work that you do, if you need to be doing creative work, you just have to think real hard or you just got to uh, do the normal things that you do to be creative doing something physical like you say getting blood flow running and a cardio session is a way great way to do that but even if you don't do something quite as strenuous you still increase the blood flow and as a result increase your creativity as a result as well these are just a sampling of the kinds of things that are in this wonderful new book that Catherine and yourself put together. And I'm sure that uh, the listeners would be wanting to know how they might be able to get a hold of that uh, book. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and how they can get a hold of it? 
Of course. We're very proud of that book. It's mainly a workbook because we are giving ample space for people to write their own observations as they go along. So rather than tell them, here's how you're going to get in shape, mm -hmm. we're saying, here's a strategy that you can try, see if it fits in your lifestyle, see if you'd like it, see if that's something that you'd like to adopt, or if that's something you want to trash, because really, it was mm -hmm. not you. So there's no one size fits all and this book is very respectful of that. So to get it, you can go on tinyurl.com slash smarts and stamina book. So it's all spelled out S-M-A-R-T-S-A-N-D-S-T-A-M-I-N-A-B-O-O-K. And you also have a, a Facebook page. How do they get to the Facebook page? Facebook.com slash smarts and stamina already uh, also all spelled out. Well, you know, you couldn't make it more simple than that. <laughs> and <laughs> and then uh, lastly, you also have a Twitter account, which isn't as straightforward and easy, but still pretty catchy. What is your Twitter handle? Yeah, Twitter doesn't let me put smarts and stamina. There's too many characters. So I had to shorten it. And to make it short, I made it GOTSAS, G-O-T-S-A-S. <laughs> Excellent. And the SAS part is, in fact, smarts and stamina exactly. as well. No, that's great. And for all the listeners of this podcast series, of course, they can also go to facebook.com slash lifehabits. And all the information we're talking about here will also be available on that site as well. So that's it. Thanks ever so much for this session again, Marie-José. Thank you for having me, Carl. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And we'll do it again. I mean, now you have this whole book that we can sample content from every <laughs> once in a while. We can do that for another session. And so, again, thanks so much for being part of this. And thanks to everybody who's been listening. And we'll talk to you all next time. And bye for now.